Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. It's uh, Bark this early morning. Hey, hey, hello, it's me. To my left is Arms. Good morning. To my right is Nit. Why'd you do two intros? I, I was wondering the same thing. Trying to wake myself up. Hey! Yeah, it's, it's Bark, we got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired, I'm trying to wake up. Yeah. But the whole point of the of the whole shebang-a-bang, shebiggle, is, uh, you know, it's already fired up in here. We're talking about Earl Thomas before the show even started. And uh, the last thing I remember is Nit telling Arms, you, you go work and don't, don't do nothing. You go work. What, what's that all about, Nit? Basically, what I'm I, saying. I, I hope Earl Thomas never plays in the NFL again. That's and, what it boils and, down to. And my argument the other way is he's he's fulfilling his obligation by actually playing in the games, which is what they pay him to do, and he gets hurt. All right. Yeah. He, He's helping his team by sitting on the sidelines. And he not is helping his team. He's oh, he's a market thanks. upquel from his backup. Uh, Quit yelling yeah, at me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. But back to mine, where he doesn't play with that team, where he doesn't help them get better throughout the week. Huge issue. Where he doesn't put in the work they do during the week and just shows up. How do you think that? I think that might be a demotivator to me as the starting free safety beside him. Like look over in practice. Hey. Er, Oh, wait, Earl's oh, sitting on the cooler again. Hey, Earl, can n- never mind, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you on Sunday. I'll talk to you. Dude, it's ridiculous what he did. It was so millennial of him. It was unbelievable. Like you say, he is fulfilling his obligation. No, he's not participating. They don't have to play him. He wouldn't him. have got a practice but, participation. But they don't have to play him, right? Right. right? So they, they shouldn't have. They did. And yet, they're, he's going there, collecting his check, doing what he needs to do. Hey, at least he's not doing what uh, James Harrison's telling Le'Veon to do. Practice all week and magically be hurt every Saturday. Oh, man, I just don't feel like I can go. That's trash. I don't know. I think I'd be more comfortable with that. Really? But Because but the, you're taking away first-team reps from someone who's actually going to play? No, but Arms, the difference is the contract. Like, Earl already has his contract. You're, we're, we're talking about two different things, man. The whole holdout thing is not meant for Earl Thomas, who's already been paid and already had a a post-rookie deal given it to him. The holdout thing is all about the rookie contract. So we cannot, just absolutely cannot intermingle those two arguments. You can't. Every, every rookie, every holdout these days is over their rookie deal not getting signed and them becoming the franchise tag for the next year or two however, in Le'Veon's case. Earl Thomas is just flat out being a narcissistic asshole. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, I mean he, but, arms. He flipped but, off his own arms. I, I, he flipped off I his understand. own bench. That I'm is not, garbage. I'm not man. saying that he's a great guy or anything, but my my point is, the guy two years ago says, "I want traded. I want out." And they've made no effort to do it. Again, that's extremely millennial of him. I don't like you guys anymore. And, I don't like other you players guys. do it. Other <laughs> players do it. I've never heard that complaint, though. Like, well, you should never ask to be traded. If no, it's no, a no. toxic situation, then then trade man. No, they. but you've already made the the point that he's a better player and they need him. So where where else do you hear, I I don't like this situation, take me home? Where, where else do you hear that? I'll tell you. The, the, Think about one other place you hear someone say, 
I want to go home. I want to go somewhere else. Daycare. That's where you. That's where you hear that. <laughs> you hear it in daycare and in the NFL locker rooms. That's a sad tragedy. These guys are just and the NBA out of out and of control. Literally every professional sport because these people have been catered to. They're they've been tired catered to their entire life, being told that they are the best. You are the greatest thing that's ever happened to this sport, this team, whatever. That's the reason they get an attitude like that. It's yeah. All right, you can cut that. And we can go to the next. Goodbye, subject. Earl. Goodbye, Goodbye Earl. Uh, I see what you did there. I'm like, why are you playing this? I was wondering why you were playing this. I knew what it was, but I didn't know the name. Yeah, so we won't go too much farther. But goodbye, Earl. It, it drags out a little bit. It does. I don't know how. I don't know how a team looks at him and go, "I need that guy on my team." Same same reason. Uh, nobody's really came that hard for Le'Veon. Apparently, I don't want him on my team with a snap leg. So, <laughs> yeah, like a team saying that at the moment. Like I, I can only hope that Earl Thomas doesn't get that contract next year. <laughs> Chad's so passionate. <laughs> I hate him, and I hope he dies. You don't flip up. How do you, how do you not see that that's a major issue? There, there that's is, like the worst thing I've ever seen. That's I, literally a top five worst thing I've ever seen a teammate do. You look if at me, I haven't even one. gave an opinion on it yet. I'm just sitting here enjoying the show. I'm just well. All I'm saying is. It was a toxic situation he wanted out to begin with. No, he obviously caused the toxicity. They were winning. They were going to the Super Bowl. You call winning your division year in, year out, going to the Super Bowl toxic? No, what you were saying just now is why it's toxic. Earl Thomas has been told, like, I should do this, blah, blah, blah. Would you stop playing music in the middle of this? Just trying to end the toxicity is all. It's... You can be successful and still have a toxic situation that you don't want to be part of. <laughs> That's so toxic? No, you... Yes, you, you can. It happens all the time. You could obviously have a toxic... But why would you want out of that? Why? What's, what's the deal? What's the background of it? Like, why do you not want to win, Earl? Oh, it, because you're not pleasing my every demand? <laughs> it's a professional athlete. What do you expect? Exactly to fulfill his contract, he it, does it, by showing up to the games. Next subject. Yeah. Hey, let's talk Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky yesterday was showed your, up uh, all week. Got in, got in sync with his receivers <laughs> and threw six touchdowns. That's what happened. Uh, Next subject. It's totally a surprise. Most of the guys we're going to talk about probably showed up to practice all week. Oh, good lord! Most likely they did. Chad's right. Most likely they did. Yes. But seriously, so, so, Mitchell Trubisky, is he is this it? Did he turn a corner? Is this where he becomes a fantasy asset, or is this a fluke? Well, considering through on the year he tripled his production in one single game, I'm going to say it's a fluke. It, it's it's the I believe the biggest scoring week of any quarterback so far this season. I I would have to say no. I'm not. I'm not, staying, not. I'm not making an argument in no, our league, think in Pat, our league format think, sixty. So he didn't beat Pat Mahomes' six touchdown week. No, because no, I don't believe. Oh, so. I guess he. Threw, yeah, never mind. He threw six. Trubisky touchdowns had a more ton yards. More yards. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I believe number one fantasy week so far in our league format. Trubisky was sixty points. A lot of points. We quarterbacks score a lot of points in our in our main league. But this one's hard to judge, though. I mean, the Buccaneers are. Ugh. 
so because the Buccaneers are hard to judge, we can't figure them out. But I mean, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick just turned the ball over all first now half. Now it's Ryan Fitz tragic. Yeah, and then you bring in Jameis, he throws a couple more picks. So I mean, the Bears had the ball all game long. They're harassing quarterbacks. If anything, it kind of tells you what that Bears defense is getting the ball back for Trubisky. But one out of every three completions went to the end zone. Yes, and, and and since you said that, that brings up the next point, which on Trubisky, I think it's fluky. I think he could, you know, maybe he's turned a corner and he'll be better all year, but not six down, not six touchdown better. No, since, no, since no. you mentioned Fitzmagic, was that the right thing to do to pull him and put Jamison? One hundred percent sure. Yes, he was horrible, and he was terrible the game before that. Except in the I, second half, I will say the you game have before, to be consistent. Yeah, but if you watch the game before that, there were some some like off the fingertips of his receiver interceptions. No, uh, I think one hit hit a guy in the shoulder pads, went straight up, and another guy intercepted. He also threw the ball directly to Bud Dupree. You're on right. The eight you're, yard line. You're right. I'm and, just saying there's some. Not every interception was his fault, but there was enough of them. That some of them were his fault. Some of them were. But yeah, you're right. This this was the right decision. At the end of the day, Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick, tragic, whatever you want to call him. He's just he, he regressed to his mean. He regressed to the average. He regressed back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's sad, actually, because I, I was thinking you don't pull a guy that's done so much for your offense after one bad game. But you guys were you guys are right. It's two bad games. So, but can Jameis do any better? That's that's the big question. On See, but I've, you got to find never out. Been a Jameis fan. I haven't so. either. I, I have. I've never been a Jameis fan either. But at the end of the day, he. From a quote unquote upside standpoint, he's got more upside than Ryan Fitzmagic or Fitzpatrick. And I've been saying Fitzmagic so long, so many times this last few weeks that I keep saying it. But he's there's more upside there. And, and you at this point, the Buccaneers need to find out who their quarterback is and if they need to address it in the uh, in the offseason or within the next couple of years. That's one defense that might want Earl Thomas and his broken leg out on the field for him. <laughs> I mean, it's it's atrocious. The worst defense I've seen in a long time. They haven't locked down. They haven't locked down defenders in like a month. No. What <laughs> happened to Vernon Hargraves? Like what happened to Brent Grimes? What happened to the, the linebackers being you know one of one of the bright spots of their team? I'll what? tell you, those guys, the the Hargraves and uh, uh, Scrines, Screens, however you want to say, right. pronounce the last name. Uh, those guys are more hard hitters than lockdown corners. I mean, I, I like the I like the way they play the fo- the game because they're not afraid to come up and chop down a running back and run support. However, they're not shut down corners, and they've just been left people open all season long. I mean, Vernon Hargrave has kind of been on the bad side of the forty for uh running for uh DBs. I mean, he's just kind of slow comparatively to the NFL. And Buster Screen's just kind of aging out. So they got some definite, definite DB uh, uh, secondary issues going on in Tampa Bay. Let's touch on who else helped you tremendously this week. Andrew Luck was very good fantasy-wise. Derek Carr was very good told, fantasy-wise. Told you, told you Second half and on. Yeah, yeah. And we took a – he took a commanding lead over Dak Prescott in the battle for fantasy supremacy. But that's not to suggest that Dak didn't play better than normal. He actually was able to help his team. He nearly doubled out his, a win. Hey, whenever <laughs> he doubled his production. Whenever he threw that second touchdown, I'm like, oh, God. I don't know if Carr can do that this week. 
Yeah, it was it was I questionable. Thought, I thought it's the like, cast was closing. Even me with my bet with Chad, I'm like, uh oh, Dak Prescott uh, just tossed two. No, he, man. he might close that gap. Pretty sure Gruden's going to yank Carr after he tosses two interceptions and no touchdowns this week. Now, one thing about Carr is I, I tried to allude to it towards the end of the show last week. He's been putting up yardage, just hasn't been putting anything in the end zone. And this week, he finally found Pater. He also found those two interceptions that he always throws. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> found did. a couple of DBs. I mean, great job. But when you're slinging it like that, you're you know you're if you're Derek Carr, you're going to throw a couple well, touch or interceptions. Yeah, oh. once again, we called that one. You called the yardage. I called the interceptions. He put up the touchdowns, which means if you're playing in a high yardage, positive interception league, you killed it. Derek Carr probably your your top performer this week. He was up there. He was up there. He was top five. Jared if Goff you, and Luck did so well that Carr was number four. Uh, Matt Ryan, though, is also tearing the world up. He's your number one fantasy quarterback through four weeks at the moment until Pat Mahomes plays tonight. But that Matt Ryan, back to is he back to MVP form? Calvin Ridley scoring touchdowns every game. Like I know their defense is the same. It's kind of a Tampa Bay situation where Atlanta has a hard time winning because their defense is terrible. But the offense, you know, as their offense would say is, there ain't nothing to f with there. Their their offense is humming. It's humming. Uh, and as much as they miss a Devonta Freeman, it's not like Tev Coleman's trash. You know, no. Freeman just makes them a little bit more efficient just because they have this the extra body. I mean, they're they're this is one of the most explosive offenses in the league. I'm shocked that they weren't this good last year. But to add a Calvin Ridley onto the team, Sanu's still doing his thing. You know, uh, Julio Jones still doing his thing. Austin Hooper still catching 25 yards worth of balls every game. Dang. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I hey, I, I'm buying as many shares as Matt Ryan as I can because I, I believe there's still that, well, you know, it is Matt Ryan and, you know, he's really not that good because of how bad he did last year. And then rounding out, the, I'll go ahead. No, nah, I was just going to check. Like, and Julio's eventually going to get into the end zone a little bit more. But I, uh, once again, I Julio know. carries them up and down the field. Then they and throw then, a and then they slant get to Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. yeah, it's a good system to be honest. But I mean, Julio should be getting more red zone targets. But if Ridley's getting it done, keep, keep doing good. what you're doing. But again, the last two weeks where he's put up basically a hundred point, hundred fantasy points against the Saints and Bengals. Well, it's the Saints and Bengals. I mean, they have their issues in the secondary. They're not elite defenses whatsoever. So I'm going to cautionary going forward with him. I mean, there's a chance he kind of, what'd you say earlier, regresses to the mean and, and regresses back to what he was doing last year. It was more 250 yards, couple touchdowns, which is still very good. I was going to say, but that's more I'm, that's more than serviceable. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll play I'll play Matt Ryan. I'm just not going to expect these 350-plus yard games and three-plus three touchdown games week in, week out. Can't do that right now. I feel bad because I'm pretty sure someone in our league, I think it was my buddy Travis in another league, Ridley was didn't do anything game one, not, and, you know, he needed a receiver bad, so he's like, should I trade Ridley for, like, Marvin Jones? I'm like, well, if you need a receiver, you need some scoring. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Sorry about that. My bad. Uh, but Deshaun Watson also had a good game. Marcus freaking Mariota decided to play football, which made Corey Davis decide to play football. Mar Mariota going forward, is, does this change our perspectives of him? It does not for me because he's – good enough to have these flash and pain games i still think he's not that great 
I think he does have the talent to put these up. It's just the, it comes down to consistency. Now, they do have a good offensive line. Their running game is still terrible. Derek, yeah, it is. It, it's, it's bad. At one point in the game, Derrick Henry had four, or 15 yards on three carries. He had a 14-yard carry. So this giant, humongous human being could muster two whole yards or one whole yard with two carries. Like what is going on? But he was still lead. I believe he was still leading the backfield and rushing at that point. Yeah. Like they, they're, they were, volume's an issue for one. Vol, vol, it starts with volume. But why would you, you give the ball guy. to somebody? You can't move it. I mean, you don't abandon the run. I mean, Deion Lewis had four attempts for zero yards. Right. So uh, you got to stick with it. Like given, given. Uh, okay, Miami case in point. Kenyon Drake got three carries yesterday. After what he did last year, he got three carries yesterday. How do you expect someone to get it going if you give them? Zero to five carries. You have to. That's this is where the running back by committee is starting to catch up to Tennessee because like Deion Lewis did have a productive Deion Lewis did have a productive game in the passing game, but then again, he had zero yards rushing on four attempts. You know the the Titans as a whole uh, rushed for about seventy five yards, and fifty of them came from Marcus Mariota. So luckily they got it done and pulled out the win, but. Still, you know, you paid a free agent running back. You hyped up Derrick Henry, and you don't use him. Yeah, I don't know who who did who does who's that receiver down there that's going to be consistent going forward. I mean, I, Corey Davis looked awfully good, but it, this if was anyone, the first time in a year and a half. Yeah, if anyone's going to look consistent and be the guy, I mean, it's Corey Davis. He's the most talented guy on the team. It just it's all dependent on whether Mar- Mariota can stay on the field. That's the biggest thing. Can you stay on the field? It's We're not talking ACL tears. He doesn't have massive injuries, but he misses a game and then he plays a game, and he misses a game and he plays a game, and that throws your whole offense out of balance, including Corey Davis. How do you go from Blaine Gabbert to Marcus Mariota? I I don't know what I'd be. Should should I should I catch the ball a little to the left, a little to the right, a little behind me, a little forward? Because both quarterbacks are drastically different, and Blaine Gabbert is drastically terrible. Yeah. I mean, Mariota's ability to get out of the pocket. Yeah. Like, when do you break off Give your Corey route? Davis more and, time. Yeah. When do you break off your your route and, and try to find something open downfield or find yeah. a soft part of the zone once a play breaks down? You can do that. You you know you can keep fighting with Mari- Mariota. The team can never get in a rhythm if he doesn't stay on the field. Yeah. Uh, the thing about I like Taiwan Taylor. You said you were asking who the who the receiver to be consistent is. I don't think Davis is ready to be consistent yet. But he's the only option at this point. You know, he's still going to get you, you know, five for 50-ish whenever he's having his bad games, which isn't great. In a PPR, you're, it's okay. You know, get you 10 points, but, you know, you, you're just kind of hoping for these big games. You're hoping for the 120 yards and, and a touchdown or maybe not a touchdown, but he still got you there. You know what I mean? And, and you can't expect everyone to have 150 yards and a touchdown or two. It just it doesn't happen every week. you got to be – you probably didn't pay a ton for Corey Davis because he'd never done anything to this point. Yeah. So, hey, he's roll him out as your wide receiver three and, and just be happy Have with to. his upside. Other other top ten quarterbacks, Andy Dalton had a good game. Blake Bortles, real quickly before we get moving to running back, is Blake Bortles, is it time to consider him as a fantasy starter in 16-team leagues? Yes. Absolutely. Blake yeah, he, Bortles has arrived. He's a top half. I mean, 16-team league, that means are you a top half quarterback? Absolutely. He's shown that – he hasn't shown the consistency, but his bad games you can deal with, I, I guess. It's yeah, very they're, like – they're not bottom he, of the barrel. Yeah, very Eli Manning when he was in the prime. Like, he, 
he could put up a 35 plus point game and then right go right back down to 15 and none yeah so, the, the, the perfect example because in our league format it's 19 points 47 14 37 so it's game on game it's a little mr miyagi like game yeah. on game off game on <laughs> but, game off but players he's outperforming matt stafford aaron Rodgers, tom brady cam newton tom brady's Russell a Wilson. fantasy disappointment right now but, but going back the thing to watch there is if they and a, if they get it going, if Leonard Fournette, no, oh, no, no, if Leonard Fournette comes back healthy, you know they're going to commit to him. You know he's got the tweaked hamstring that's keeping him out of games, taking him down in the middle of games. Leonard Fournette is an asset that will take opportunity away from Blake Bortles, so that's that's something to consider there. Like, yes, he is startable in sixteen team leagues, but if Fournette comes back and they commit to giving him twenty five carries, twenty to twenty five carries a game. That's that's five five less pass attempts for Blake Bortles. Yeah, but Thanks. five more efficient pass attempts for Blake Bortles. You just gave me my transition, which I appreciate. So the other disappointments, Aaron Rodgers didn't do much for you, nor did Ben Roethlisberger, nor did Russell Wilson. That sucks. But you mentioned Leonard Fournette. Uh, time to talk about him being a Marcus Mariota at the running back position. Game in, game out, game in, game out. Are you trusting Leonard Fournette? Play in, for the rest play of the out. season going forward. Me, I'm not. I traded him for Adam Thielen in the only league I had shares of him, and I'm super happy that I did. Yeah, I, what it, my, my take on the Leonard Fournette situation is they just need to flat out sit him for two weeks and let him get healthy. Like, yeah, I think it was a mistake bringing him back this week. He tweaks it again, goes out. Now he's going to cost you two more weeks. Jacksonville needs to shut him down. I think he's suffered hamstring injuries his whole career so far. Yeah, well, he, he he's always stretching? nicked up just a little bit. He's always nicked up just a little bit. But uh, not sure where the where his bye is, but, you know, you hope he has, like, a, the bye weeks coming up, something like that. They could rest him into that, let him get right. Because when he is week good – Week nine, I believe. Week nine, I mean, it's still a little far off. But, uh, you know, you so you can play him here and here and there and try to get him right. Yeah, but, but it, it's so, scary situation. To me, I'm trying to trade him right now. I'm trying to trade him to someone who's, who's real high on him because that waiting till game time and then finding out he's only going to play till halftime, like that's that's it, insane to me to have to worry about that on your fantasy team. You're just looking at it like, all right, yeah, he suited up, he's going to play, and then he leaves early in the third quarter. You're like, what? But who's high on him right now? There's no one. I mean, oh, there are still still people who love love him some Leonard Fournette. There are still people who love no, David there Johnson. Are. I was able to get Thielen for him, and that and that was on a, a week he didn't play. I just don't smell what you're what you're smelling on this. I'm right picking now. up what you're putting down, though. But I mean, this is it, it's time, in my opinion, to trade Leonard Fournette. I wish we were YouTubing. I really do. <laughs> you guys don't know what we're talking about. And you never will. But on on to the next guy, oh. Fournette. I believe it's time to trade him. If you got him, trade him. Get as much value as you can. A guy you don't want to trade is a guy that arms is going to be like, I told you so. Alvin Kamara got fed the rock this week and delivered a rushing performance. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I was I was shocked. I mean, I expect him to be, you know, fantasy productive, but not necessarily on the ground. But at the end of the day, guys, he's still the, the best or at least 1A running back actively playing in the NFL right now. You know, him and Gurley putting up very similar statistics. Um, Zeke's making a hell of an argument to try to be up there in the top whenever it comes to the performances on the ground. But, I mean, electric. I mean, he's electric. He doesn't need 30 carries a game to do what he does. 
And I, I don't think that's going to change come next week whenever Ingram comes back. No. And Ezekiel Elliott is a guy that if you if you happen to buy after a slow start, which he typically does, and by slow I mean just not up to Zeke's standards, he's gonna Zeke's gonna pay off for you the rest of the year. Yeah. Real quick on Alvin Kamara, the the last thing what a time to do that though, right before right before Ingram comes back. Just a little reminder like, hey, you can turn around, you can put it in my belly like twenty times, I'm gonna get you a hundred and fifty yeah. yards. Hey, hey, uh, Mark. Remember, you found us out last year, but I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. I own you, sir. I own the. I own the shares here. This it, this is my backfield. They're they're still gonna get, they're still gonna get Mark Ingram involved just because it keeps Kamara fresh. Oh, they but, could still get him very involved, or things could change for him. They could go a little more Kamara. I think the right decision is to. I think it's more Kamara. Yeah, I. It it has to be at least a little. I mean, it's got to be like a fifteen to ten kind of thing, or a. 2015 if they're going to rush it a lot like ingram still needs his carries but kamara needs to be the lead back so kamara's on pace right now for 24 touchdowns on the year that'd be pretty good ladanian tomlinson like yes i mean that, that's it's ridiculous some of them's going to get vultured the one thing you can say about kamara is he's not he's not getting those touchdowns from the three he's getting from the 20 you know he, he's breaking long runs or long, you know short passes into long uh long gains and getting into the end zone. That's the one thing about him. It's I I worry that he might get vultured on some touchdowns, but he really doesn't get vultured anyway because that's not his wheelhouse. Instead of 40 points, he puts up 30, 35, 34. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's still it's still elite production. So it's not something to worry about. I mean, you just can't expect 40-point games week in, week out with a healthy Mark Ingram. Right. So the, the downfall of having Kamara on your team or Kamara is – their defense gets tired because he's so explosive. Whenever you hand him the ball, the drives get really, really short because he gets to the end zone really, really quick. Let's uh, touch on one other mainstay. Melvin Gordon was a great play this week like he has been all year. This this is looking like potentially the best season Melvin Gordon has ever had if he keeps on this pace. Like he is producing in the running game, producing touchdowns, producing receiving receiving yardage which we all expect from Melvin Gordon. He's, he's a top five selection uh, to us week in, week out. But let's let's look at the other guys this week. James White. James White, Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis of Seattle, Nick Chubb and Giovanni Bernard, not names we normally talk about, filled out most of your top ten. Well, James White, he has been a cheap pickup year in and year out. He's starting to not become so cheap. It's going to be tough to to get a guy like James White right now. I mean, for over 14 points a game so far for him every game in PPR formats. What what you more do you want out of a running back? Like uh, that's fine. That's, so, that Sony is, Michelle's emerging, so don't get me wrong. I, I just want to touch on the fact that like but, James White is going to give you production somehow, regardless mm-hmm. of what Sony Michelle or any other running back is doing week in and week out. And it it might be five catches for forty yards and then thirty yards on the ground. He still gets you there. Still gets you your ten that you you know the, kind of the deeper leagues. Yeah, the floor that you need at running back too. He's still going to get you that. I, I I would rather have Sony Michelle going forward. I oh, mean, absolutely. I would too. Th- that's the thing. James James White does this. This is more of a spike. And if we're playing, what is it a fluke? I think this is more fluky. But he's shown the consistency to get you to ten to fifteen points. It's just. 
man, Sony Michelle showed out too. He just didn't have the receiving yardage to go. He he didn't even have a catch. So you throw him a couple catches in there of James White's, and and, and we're talking about Sony Michelle having the big game. James White, I I'm not going out and buying him unless it's really, really cheap. I'm looking for him as a. Uh, at, I mean, if I've got Sony Michelle, I'd love to have James White as a handcuff. If I mean, particularly in non-keeper leagues, if you can trade something to have him as the, well, what if Sony goes down? Then it becomes James White show. I get that, but I almost would not want him on the same team just to the, to not have the who, who should I, I play? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I get the whole handcuff for injury, but I I would not hey, want to make that decision week hey, in week. I'll play them both. Me rolling Diggs and Thielen out every week isn't giving me any issues. Come on, that's a different thing. Hey, it, it's running. Back. They're on there's, the field at the same time. There's the the running back situation right now in the league is there's more timeshares than there are not. So I, I I'd have no problem. If I if James White and Sony Michelle were two of my running backs, and I also had Isaiah Crowell and Tariq Cohen and and uh, Chris Carson, like I'll roll out those Pats back every week. Yeah, I, over the other names that you had. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Even though Tariq Cohen blew up this week, he did, and starting to get worried about Jordan Howard. I'm not. You're not. No, I am. I I mean, it's here's what went on with Jordan Howard this week. They were up by. Five scores very quickly, and they said, "Let's keep Jordan Howard fresh. Let's get you know." They they took their their foot off the the gas. This was not Jordan Howard's game to be productive, whatsoever. Now I'd like to talk more again, talk more about Tariq Cohen and his performance, and if if uh, Jordan Howard's going to be bad because this is what you expected Tariq Cohen, the human joystick, to be. That dude, that dude's electric with the ball in his hands. He still didn't produce on the ground in this game, even though he had a monstrous game. 13 carries, 53 yards, not overly impressive. I mean, you you got to that three and a half yards per carry mark, but that's Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's going to tote the rock for you the rest of the way. But uh, will he do anything with it? Yeah. That, that's, that's the question right now. Like, is Jordan Howard going to put up 100-yard games and touchdowns this season, or is he going to carry the rock 16 for 59? It's kind of a miss out on it. I mean, it, he's going to be touchdown dependent. I mean, yeah, for, I, I, I let me rephrase. I'm not worried about Jordan Howard going forward. It's just I was never high on him anyway. So okay. I, I'm not. I'm That's not worried. I could get it 60, 60 yards, a couple catches, and a touchdown every other game but or the, every you, three. I can deal with that. You put Jordan Howard towards the back end of the top in, or top ten or the front end of the ten through twenty. Yeah, I, I mean that's where that's the should be the price you paid for the guy to begin with, right? If that, you if you paid more than that, you overpaid anyhow. Yeah, you you, over, you were expecting too much out of Jordan Howard. Then you should be disappointed in yourself. Yeah, more than anything. <laughs> I mean, let's just, just call a spade a spade here. Tree Cohen's five foot six, one hundred eighty pounds. He's not getting the goal line carries. He's a gimmick back. He's a he's a a gadget player. But they do. But they involve him constantly. It's, he's on but, the field with Jordan Howard a lot. And he's the worst thing about receiver. Tariq Cohen is I guarantee seventy five percent of his owners did not play him this week. Yeah, it, and that's what sucks about. And why him. would you? Right. Why would you? So far this this year, his high his high water marks nine points, nine point eight points. The thing that Howard gives you, maybe it's only 50 yards on the ground, but he's going to catch you another five balls for 30, 30-ish yards. And once again, that you know the floor of 10 points is where you want to be. You're trying to get over the 20-point mark, but the floor of 10 points is at least where you want to be. All right. Let's talk uh, Mike Davis of Seattle. Another surprise. I know it's not 
we're probably not going to go crazy here with like, oh, get him, hot wire, hot wire, wire, hot wire, waiver pickup. But Mike Davis, I think he proved that Chris Carson's just not that good. It's all about volume in Seattle. Whoever's getting the volume is playable. But hold up. Why has Rashad got the volume? I don't know. I kind of want to like waft this one around a little bit. Just kind of see, kick it around the studio. Just breathe it in and figure out if we we like Mike Davis more than Chris Carson. Maybe we should bask in this a little little bit longer. Because if you think about it, Mike Davis is... is an NFL he stunk. size. He back, has stunk man. up to this point. Dude, he has he's been he's been hot. <laughs> he's been terrible. But when given the chance, Mike Davis performs, man. He he absolutely performs. Uh and Chris Carson is just a fumbling machine. So hot waiver wire pickup? Absolutely. I'm gonna say uh. Mike Davis. I'm going to Mike Davis is the real deal. Last last quarter of last season, they gave him the ball. He produced. They finally give him 20 carries. He goes off for 100 yards, two touchdowns, and he can get involved, and he can get involved in the receiving game. I love Mike Davis over Chris Carson. I absolutely love him. Go get you some Mike Davis shares. Uh, disagree. I, I will just stay away from all running backs in Seattle. I don't want one. I will, too. I want a workhorse like Nick Chubb. A guy that can run the ball yeah, three times. Three times for 105 Grind yards. Grind it out all game long. <laughs> three carries, 105 and two touchdowns. Was that his final stat line? Yeah. That's, three carries, 105 yards, yeah, two I, touchdowns. I mean, wow. Listen, wow. Cle- Cleveland's starting to put it together. They are. The defense, again, is the pro- – you cannot let people score 40-plus points on you. But Cleveland's offense is starting to get it together. I More than anything, I mean – the Raiders had some explosive plays on offense because the the defense, for the most part, particularly in the first half, like they were batting down the balls, they were getting to the quarterback. Like I, I was, as a Raiders fan, pretty darn worried that they were going to get blown out. They looked like they were going to get blown out. They just happened to score twenty four unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Even Hyde looked solid. Hyde, Chubb, that- Landry, Rashard, Higgins. Was just kidding. Call. It was like three for 50. It really wasn't that but good. Every call. time he caught the ball, I'm like, seriously. Higgins. Seriously. Landry had some a couple bad drops, though. Yes. He did. Late in the game, like, Baker was the – it wasn't in his chest by any means, but Baker threw it over over the short corner and underneath the safety in a zone and put it on his, hand, his hands while Landry was leaping in there, and he just dropped – not what you expected out of Jarvis Landry. I, I was disappointed – in the performance of everyone around Baker Mayfield. I Baker was, Mayfield didn't even come close to, to losing that game. That's what I was going to say. Actually. Except yeah. for the running backs. My bad to tie it back into the running backs. They were both impressive. I mean, I, I like Hyde. He's been he's been yeah. consistent. And Nick Chubb gives them a – even though they're the same body type, he gives them a little bit of a different gear, yeah. you, you know, and then you do, throw in a little Duke Johnson. It, it's kind of confusing as a it defensive keeps you coordinator. Off kil- it yeah. keeps you off kilter. You've got – you know, the the big guy who – I mean, Hyde's been doing this for a few years now. He puts his nose in and will just bowl somebody over. Yeah. He has no fear. There's not a there's not a player in the NFL that it, it, Carlos Hyde's afraid to put his head down again. You, you talk about running inside the tackles. Yeah. Carlos Hyde r- runs inside the guards. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he just – he has A-gap, B-gap <laughs> running power. Yeah, and, like, and he's not, not afraid to do it. And then you've got Chubb, who's, you know, just a step faster at this point, who has the ability to break tackles. But – 
he's gonna he's gonna make a miss before he's gonna try to go over him. Hyde's like, oh, come here, come here, let let's make this contact. Yeah. But Chubb, you know, he can go over him, but he makes a miss, and we see what what he can do with that. Good lord. Yes. And speaking of Landry, I just want to mention before we talk about a couple other backs, Landry and his old teammate Odell Beckham currently not not top twenty wide receivers. I don't want to talk about Odell right now. I had, That's all I want. I had mention. him and Mike Thomas in a league. Fully expect ne- them needed to both. twenty points or thirty points out of them combined. Didn't get it. Fully expect them to finish as top twenties, obviously, but currently ain't happening. Let's talk about my waiver wire pickup of the week, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on him. But Naheem Hines has turned into T.Y. Hilton. He's turned into a consistent solid receiving threat for Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton went out of the game last night maybe he misses a few games I think it's the perfect time to take a couple game run at Naheem Hines see I'm off of it like you say he's a receiving threat all 11 targets yeah but he nine nine receptions good 63 yards bad Helps you, you in PPR. You know, I well, I get it, but then again, you got to sit there and look at look at yourself in the mirror if you're the Colts and go, "We fed the ball to Naeem Hines nine times, tried to get him eleven times, two touchdowns." I get that too, but he's, you're not moving the ball on what seventy three total yards. I mean, let's 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 call it what it is. He he only helped him move the ball seventy three yards. I mean, you have to have someone who who has elite speed and take off. I don't see the elite dynamic uh playmaking ability out of Heinz. I think it's more just he got force fed the ball a lot and what happened to catch it in the good uh, a good situation to score twice. So well, I think, I, I'm pumping the brakes on Naeem Hines. You have to remember the running back landscape. There there is next to no running backs out there to pick up. Right. So Naheem Hines over so you're definitely getting him over Tariq Cohn, right? So Naheem Hines over let's Mike Davis. Say, Mike Davis. Uh, yeah, Mike I, Davis all day. I See, want, I'm going I want Hines. Him. I want Hines over. Hines right. is going to get. But I don't. I, with that being said, it's close, and I would try to steer away from the Colts' backfield almost as much as I try to steer away from the Seattle backfield. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't want. I'm not like I'm a Naheem Hines owner in one league, and he, I'm not going to start him. I mean, I've got better backs to start, but. If he's on your waiver wire and you need an option, which you know people are out there scrambling for Corey Grant because he catches a few balls, uh, out there scrambling for James White, you know, Naheem Hines is a guy that you should pick up if you do have a need at the running back position because he is at least going to get involved in the passing game. And right now, no other running back or no other uh, pass catching back on that indie team is standing out. So sometimes you got to roll the dice with the guy that is standing out. So I'm, I'm of the opinion I'm picking him up where I can, if I have a roster spot, I'm not dropping a, you know, good back for him, but I'll pick him up if I have a spot. So we've had a lot of, uh, uh positivity here, you know, mo- for the most part, we've went, Oh, this guy, I want this guy. I want this guy. Sunshine. I want. Let me ask you something. So we, there's a running back that started the season with 34 points. Week two, 19 and a half. Week three, 14 and a half. Week four, 10. Do you, would you Who keep, that? Matt Breida? James Conner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Conner steadily declining in, in his production. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not an owner of, of a James Conner in any leagues. I mean, he went through the roof in the offseason – um, people just kind of projecting something going on with Le'Veon Bell. Do you sell? 
is now the time to sell while he still has value? I, I don't think so because I think his value is kind of shot right now. It, it's shot and could be shot even further if for some reason Bell and the Steelers figure it out. But but James Conner, he totaled 44 yards last week or this week. Yeah, it's, 44 it's, yards. He's not a good play. I mean, he was in game one. He had the adrenaline going, but but this back, is, it's passing team. But this is what you see when you have a team that does have the ability to control the ball or con, uh, maybe not the ability in, in the Ravens, but the Ravens did dominate time of possession uh, on Sunday mm-hmm. night football, and, and James Conner just never got really it going. You know, nine, nine times for 19 yards – three of seven targets. He just didn't do anything with the opportunities he had. Yes, I get that. But then again, seems like the Ravens had the ball like most of the night. So it's tough to call this one. I agree. It's time to sell if you can get some high-end value out of him, trade it over for a receiver or something like that. But I, I, I'm here to tell you, I was the guy arguing against James Conner all season long. So yeah, he looked great in Cleveland. And no, then has been on the steady decline since then. I mean, it was, I've never been a pro James Conner guy, but I, I've thought that he could get it done. Right now, I'm wrong on that. He's not getting it yeah. done. Yeah. So hey, sell him if you have him. My my thing is, it, as long as he was producing, you know, it, that makes Le'Veon Bell not look like he's worth the price. But he's not producing anymore. Yeah, and I'm and, still and, not and, paying and I, Lev Bell. I'm sorry, yeah. and I don't want to get into that, but. But I am also not happy rolling James. Yeah. I might give Jalen Samuels a little run, see what he can do. I might call D'Angelo Williams and see if he could come in for a few games so if and you, see if he could do what he was doing. If you have uh, James Conner, are you approaching the Sony Michelle owner in your league? Are you yes, approaching the, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Are you approaching the Aaron Jones owner in your league? Probably. No. I, I like Aaron Jones. I thought he looks fantastic and this was this if you've ever dropped him you shouldn't be in a league let's not let's not let's not write this off as uh james connor this was just a bad james connor game and it was a partly game flow is partly you know not not getting pro connor like yeah so 10 points i he he can put up 14 15 point games for the rest of the season i think you'd be all right with that so i'm not going to go on the cell if you have james connor uh, and, and didn't have love, you're extremely happy with that production. Talk about, I mean, it's free points, right? It's free points in a flex position, something like that. Uh, but if you, you know, again, if you had, if you did have love bell and, and this is your replacement for him, you're, you're pissed. You're disappointed. You're, you're extremely pissed. And let's run you through some more disappointments. Alex Collins, all year disappointment. Matt Burita, sadly disappointed this game. Yeah, Kevin that's Coleman. an injury thing. It, I mean, that's twofold. I mean, he's banged up a little bit. And Just then, saying. Then on top of that, Jimmy G goes. I mean, that, oh yeah, but that's but a it bad could, situation. And, and, and but it, that offense, it could continue. Correct, so it's correct, it's, correct. it's worrisome. Tevin Coleman disappointed. Jay Jai is always disappointed. Carry on Johnson did okay. Uh, that's another guy. By the way, I'm looking to try to move a, a James Conner for <laughs> Carry on Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm Sony I'm, Sony Michelle. Since we talked about him, solid. I, very so, solid. But going back to disappointments, we we keep trying to play like Lamar Miller is going to be a good DFS play, and he's going to yeah. have a good game, and he's just not doing <laughs> it. He, like he's he's just straight up like fifteen carries, fifty yards, and a huge wild disappointment. And then the Texans go let's throw the ball. He's trying to replace what Christian McCaffrey used to do. Yeah, except for the receiving part. He's like, I'm going to do Christian McCaffrey things on the ground from 2017. 
Yeah. That's what Lamar Miller's doing. 50, 50, 50, yards. Yards. 50 yards. Right. And, and, and two receptions. <laughs> but yeah, Sony Michelle, hot pickup if you can. The Patriots are apparently doing what they, we thought they were going to do with spending a first round pick on him. It looks like they're going to commit to him and give him the carries and, and use him to make to turn that offense around. For probably three weeks, and then he'll have like a 200 yard game and inexplicably be in inactive the next week. And you're like, what are you doing, Bill Belichick? Well, it was a game time decision. Um, he just wasn't ready for what? He's not even hurt. Uh, yeah, I hate Bill Belichick. He's Dave, a genius, though. He is. Dave, last last guys we'll talk about David Johnson and Saquon Barkley. Not absolute studs, but didn't hurt you. So solid plays, not spectacular. Sa- Saquon's going to continue to do well all year. Yeah, and he should only get better from here. But let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to some wide receivers. Week four, your top receiver was Cooper Cup. DeAndre Hopkins finally getting up there near the top as well. Some click there. Some click yes. like like uh down there in Texas, uh they it was still Will Fuller getting involved early. A little Kiki Kuti. Yeah. Sprinkled Kiki. in. And then DeAndre Hopkins is like, throw me the football, let me win you this game, man. And that's what he had. Like DeAndre Hopkins had a monstrosity of a second half in OT. And uh I think this is the one that propels him back into the elite. Not not that he ever left the elite status, but actually production wise I think this gets him and Deshaun Watson rolling for the next few weeks. I think you're right. That's what, what I was saying last week or on the previous show. It's like he just looked kind of out of place for what he does. Out of sync. Yeah, and something, you're right, clicked. And, wow, it, he took off, and, I mean, he had, he had himself a day. Had himself a day. He did. Cooper Cup, this is just spike on the season, I think. Not that he's a bad player. He's, oh, no. He's going to be a consistent guy all year. I think he's going to be 15 but plus points. But not 37 point consistent. Yeah. He, very, Cooper Cup's very Adam Thielen ish, very old school Marquise Colston ish. I mean, he, he's. Calm. But this is just going to straight up be his, his best game of the year. Not that he's. I, th- I, I got him more as a you know, 15 to 20 point receiver week in, week out. And how about Golden Tate? Just Golden. flexing on people every time he could, man. If he so, could, tr- he's so consistent, so good. He basically combined a Deion Sanders and a Marshawn Lynch taunt going into the end zone. He was high stepping for 15 yards, and then he stopped and fell into the goal end zone like Marshawn used to do. Dude is a taunt savage. That's taunt, what a taunt. A listen, taunt you can't average 1,100 yards a season. Whenever you have like a fifty-yard game without having a hundred and thirty-yard game, that's right. like that's how he gets there, man. It, look at the end of the year; it's going to be like somewhere between a thousand and twelve hundred yards. He's going to have you know six touchdowns, eight touchdowns, something in that range. But that's going to be good enough for top fifteen production. Yeah. Let me give you our what the fuck stud of the week, Taylor Gabriel. Whole, <laughs> I'm a little weird. Where did out he by come from? Well. They can run the jet sweep with him a little bit, and they can toss him the ball, and he, it counts as a reception. That's how he scored, I think, a couple times. I know one of his touchdowns was a toss sweep, as he or a jet sweep where he tossed the ball and went he into the end zone. Speedy fella, but very he he's dynamic. That that Bears offense is scary good when Mitchell Trubisky is on because they have so many different dynamic they do. players. Allen Robinson is a different player than Taylor Gabriel, is a different player than Trey Burton, is a different Jordan, player than Anthony Miller. And Jordan Jordan Howard's a different – I forgot about that yeah, guy. Yeah. Well, Jordan. But, I mean, if you look at uh, the, the targets he's had, and he's just kind of got a little bit better. It's five targets. 
Heck, week one, he had five receptions on five targets. Came away with 25 yards. Yeah. You're, what? What he's I, done I, is rendered Anthony Miller useless this yeah. year. Anthony Miller is completely useless in this offense right now. Yeah, I went five and then seven, then ten targets, and back down to seven. But, I mean, seven for seven and 104 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. That's that's pretty solid week. I now my thing is look what he's done prior to this. He has had the targets already. Uh, proceed with caution. I'm not I'm not necessarily oh, yeah. buying him as uh, to yeah, be a, not, a stud by any stretch no, of the imagination. The, the consistency's not going to be there. And I and I hate to drop right down the list so early. We'll go back up, but just in case Nit has to check out Kiki Kuti Nit. I'm not overreacting to it. I, I waiver I was, wire pickup though in redraft. Absolutely, he's a third wide receiver. He is. I, I, I would if you have a roster spot where you can hold him. Yes, but Kiki Kuti. I knew the talent was there. I love Kiki Kuti, man. Like it's just he's the third receiver on that team. You got Nook. You got Will Fuller, who still was involved, but he did have 11 receptions in his first game in the NFL. That is. That's nothing short of impressive, and I I don't think it was – that was a fluke getting that high, but I don't think it's a fluke him being involved in that offense. So grab him, see what he does over the next few weeks before he becomes week-in, week-out startable. I mean, part of that you. also, and I didn't see when Kiki got his catches, but uh, – Kind of all game long. But Fuller left, you know, just after halftime with a, with a hamstring injury. Uh, monitor that going forward because it, it does look like, you know, based on the numbers, that Kiki gets an opportunity to move in, in line for those targets. Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> I've been waiting on that since that uh, crap came out. Yeah. Alshon. We, we, Alshon's, Alshon's I, back. We, may we all missed. said, yeah, we all said, said him. Yeah, well, I mean, it's his first game back. It's hard to trust a guy exactly coming back off of an injury, coming back off of a, an absence of any kind. You know, it, that, that's he didn't have it's that, the safe call was not to play him. Looking back on it, it really wasn't that big of a miss. I mean, he missed three games. That's it. Yeah, but uh, Super Bowl champion. He hadn't played this season. But that, yes. that, that's he hadn't played this season. But that's what they he was who they were missing. I mean, the offense was not flowing. But when's the last time he caught a pass from Carson Wentz? You know, things like that come into play. That's that was my thought on it. And just looking back on it, Alshon, he, I think he has elite skill set. I, I agree. Body type. He doesn't have the injury. He he's been too injured over his career to really propel him into elite status that way. But I mean, go back and look at their. And obviously, we can't always look at college. But three receivers who played in the same conference at the same time: Alshon Jeffrey. A.J. Green, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. The superior production was Alshon Jeffrey. Talk about in college. Yeah. In college. Now, college. It's college. I get it. But just to give you a perspective of how good he actually is, he was putting up the better numbers in the same league. Let me give you three names that you Conference, absolutely whatever. have to stop sitting. Stop leaving them out of your lineups. Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you four. No, I'm going to give you three. Sterling Shepard. Tyler Boyd, John Brown. You can't leave them out of your lineups anymore. I mean, we've been high on uh, Boyd for a few we, weeks. We have. But it's – nope. Hey, Mike. Boyd's you cannot leave start. them out. Yeah, well, you have to start them. I mean, he's putting up, you know, back-end wide receiver one numbers. Yes. I mean – 11 he, receptions for over 100 yards. Uh, absolutely. I, I love him as a solid start going forward. I 
Outscoring A.J. Green, yeah. Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown. I mean, it's insane, the and consistency. Do I expect him to get a 40-point week? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. But, man, I'm satisfied with 21-point weeks the rest of the season. I'll be ecstatic with it. Yeah. I'm, uh, he's he's a, is a big PPR guy. I mean, it's not your downfield threat. It's not your go-up-and-get-it guy. He's your get-open guy. And that's that's good enough for me to start every week. A guy that gets open and catches eight to eleven balls, okay. John Brown is the opposite. He's a red zone threat, and a guy that's not heavily heavily targeted, but he's targeted enough and he's consistent enough that you can't sit him anymore. And Sterling Shepard, he's just a good receiver, and Evan he Ingram is, is just, out, so Shepard's going to produce just like that. Going while back to Ingram's out. Yeah, going back to his Oklahoma days, Sterling Shepard's just been rock solid. He, he doesn't do anything bad. He will not hurt you. He's not a diva. Like, I mean, he just he just gets you. open and catches the football. Real quick, Jacksonville receivers. D.D. Westbrook Man. leads them in fantasy points. Dante Moncrief has the big game with with the touchdown. And then your boy Keelan Cole disappears. He does. But I, th- I still think the best receiver on the team currently is Keelan Cole. But D.D.'s coming and... Moncrief is going to have his games. To me, Moncrief's going to be the most inconsistent of the bunch. I think Moncrief's going to disappear and come in and disappear and come in. I, I still like Cole and I like Dede. As to who the better receiver is of the two of them, I don't know right now because Dede Westbrook is is playing well, whereas Keelan Cole played well in the first couple games. I just expect them to continue to alternate, and I think you can trust either one of them as a wide receiver three in a pinch but I don't know about anything more than a wide receiver. I feel three. like it's going to be uh, matchup dependent. Whoever has the more favorable matchup of the God, game. It, it, that's exactly what I was about to say. But unless you're the defensive coordinator for the other team, you don't know which one's going to have a good yeah, game. Who, right. who, who's the number one? Because I don't know. You know, yeah. one, I, one A, one B situation. You know, so who who are they most afraid of? I don't know. But what's what's scary about that? You bring up the one A, one B on their own team. They're the they're the one A, one B. Neither of them really, neither of them really have the skill set to be the hands down number one. Like either of them can be shut down by an elite corner. Yeah, and that's a little that that is scary to me. That's why I, I wanted no part of that. But, wanted no part of that Jacksonville. Wide receiving. Court. I'm okay but owning two one of, or the other. But two of the best corners in the league happen to play on their own team. That's good for so, them. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, the the South has a has a ton of shut down you know corners. It's they've got I, they've yeah. got six games a year that they're probably going to just dominate. Right. And and while you, we talk about that real quick, you know, one A one B, don't know which one. Da, 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 da. Everybody's got to remember we are now four games into the season. Stop freaking out. I've seen so many trades of Odell and Antonio Brown and Amari Cooper, which Amari Cooper is a little bit of a different story, but he is playing better. But you you cannot bail on your studs this early. You you just can't. So if you're freaking out over your team three to four weeks into the season and, and trading, 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 it's not going to work out for now, you. Now, I'll tell you one that I did. Me and Barker actually did a trade last night. That's a difference. That, but – I had Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. And the one thing that George Kittle does is makes you not want to play Travis Kelsey on occasion. Got to make You're like, call there. oh, man, I'm, I really like this matchup. Or, oh, this team's you know, struggles against a tight end. But Kelsey's a stud. So all I'm doing is letting fantasy production sit on my bench. 
So for me, I, I, I was struggling at wide receiver. So that that's where I'm like, you know what? We'll, we'll package something together. You know, I'll get rid of this tight end who's, you know, likely going to finish in the top five because I can't play two tight ends in our league format. I'll, fi- I'll get rid of this guy and try to improve at receiver. So that, that's what I did, you know, just so I didn't have to make that call each week and watch, you know, 15, 20 points sit on my bench. It's, it is hard to have two good players at tight end because it just creates a conundrum that you don't want. You don't want to have to think about sitting Travis Kelsey. You just want to roll him out every week. And Kittle is rightfully so. If you have Kittle and not Kelsey, you don't want uh, Jared Cook and Kittle because same thing. Who, which one do I roll out? Yeah. So sometimes you got to make that decision to help your start, starting lineup at another position. But Jared Cook, but like, like MGK would say, let's talk about it. He's he's kind of tough for me to assess because I think he will disappear. But man, he he is a big dude. He, whenever they split him out wide, and and you go, oh, they 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 got a corner on him. Just throw it up. Just throw it up. Like the one down the sideline to try to set them up, I believe, for the field goal, or it was the big play leading mm-hmm. to the eventual game-winning field goal in overtime. I mean, it it, it was a four-receiver set with him to the le- him split out to the left by himself. Cleveland said, we're going to put a DB on him. And Derek Carr goes, well, I'm just going to toss this in the vicinity of where they're both going to be. And Jared Cook comes down with it. Them splitting him out makes him a, makes him a, a, an excellent play going forward. Like they're committed to getting Jared Cook the ball. And, and he's done nothing but put up big games week in, week out. I like Jared Cook. Yeah, I, I like him as well. I, I, I knew – I didn't know. I hate to say no. It sounds – Kiaki. but we i knew he was going to do well in this game because he's not he he's going to disappear for just one or two games at a time and he's going to come back he, he may not be the most consistent but david carr has eyes for him the thing about jared cook is that it's not so much as great as he could be it's the rest of the tight end landscape is hot garbage i mean there's like five people it's terrible. five people that are decent and if you're looking at jared cook and you say man but he let me down with eight points in week two and week three. Eight points in the letdown at eight, tight end. Yes, he's probably points. a top ten finish. Yeah. Say, eight points probably had him in the top ten at tight end that week. Don't be disappointed with his down weeks because of his his up weeks could be huge. If I've if I'm in a league right now and I've got Rob Gronkowski and I need help at a different position, I'm finding the Jared Cook owner trying to trade him Gronk. And something small for a huge upgrade at running back or a huge upgrade at receiver. Oh yeah, I'm moving Gronk as well, even though it'll probably come to bite me. But like, oh yeah, I don't have any. No, shares, Gronk's going to finish top two or three. There's no doubt in my mind that he will. There's doubt in my mind. But at the end of the day, he, hey, he's still got the name. Nobody, nobody's ecstatic about starting Jared Cook. You would be though. It, I would it, be. Yeah. If you have him on your team and you're looking at his production right now, he's the number one tight end by 13 points. Yeah. And I just got I, – I got to confirm what, what we were just talking about. The eight points, eight, eight point something points he put up in week two and week three, it was number 17 overall and number 23 overall. No, it was not, quote, unquote, in that top end starter, starter uh, uh, finish. But then again, it didn't hurt you at all. His down weeks are not going to was, kill you. I was no. going to say, like, he finished three, four points behind 10th place, though. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, the it's spread not like, is yeah. not that, that big whatsoever. Like if he would have got three more yards receiving, it would have boosted him seven spots, and that's how <laughs> yeah. that's how terrible the, the, the yeah. landscape is. Absolutely, but other guys that you know did well for you. George Kittle was the number two tight end this week. 
Zach Ertz does what Zach Ertz done, and Eric Ebron's becoming a more consistent red zone option as the season goes on. Ebron, I'm impressed with with Ebron, not really just the play. He's had some dropsies, but Ebron is a is now a tight end one in, in all leagues. Yeah. I especially with Jack Doyle dinged up, like you can bank on Eric Ebron being a top ten guy for, for until he comes back, until Doyle comes back and then it starts splitting. Pickup of the week, in my opinion. Don't know about you guys, but CJ, somebody help me. Uzma. 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 I thought you were going <laughs> to – God, I had a Tyler Eifert joke, but I'm glad I didn't do it. That's Ouch. called karma. Dude, somebody, I, somebody I hate literally it put, so bad. Somebody literally put, man, he can't catch a break. And I'm like, kind of did. Kind of did. Kind of did. That's all he I feel bad. He went a little Hayward guy. on that play and, and snapped – you know, oh, dude, little Hayward Gordon. Nobody got that. No, yeah. I got oh, you. Yeah, yeah. Gordon Hayward. Every time I see, funny. or or no, right. when anytime you say like Paul George or Gordon, Gordon Hayward, 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 like it's just like Ouch. it's in shivers down my spine. Like I can't. It wasn't my reaction was numbness to that. Your comment there, it, it grosses me out a little bit, but. Had some surprises. Jeff Swain was a top ten play, as was Darren Fells. That's weird. Who? And Who? You know, Darren, Darren Fells. Fells has he caught anything since that four touchdown performance like two years well, ago? Well, here's what happens at the tight end Eli. landscape. If a tight end catches the touchdown, they're automatically in the top ten. Touche. That I just it's just facts. But it, it's just facts. Just a quick little side note. Our super athlete David Njoku has some of the worst hands I've ever seen. Dude. But he, also had yeah. his best game of the season. <laughs> Yeah, he, but 10, he, 10 points in he, PPR. He was horrible at the end of that game. He had two drops that would have been netted the, the Cleveland Browns like 70 yards. Like one of them was just a toss that hit him in the hand. It, David Njoku is a bad tight end. I, I do, speaking of young tight ends. I'm not going to go that far. He did catch five out of the seven targets. But the, I mean, literally, I, I, I literally watched one hit both of his hands yeah. with and no then one the, around and him. then the ground. And I'm like, ground. what? Why the jugs machine's inside. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought whenever I seen that. So OJ Howard, yeah, entered, in, injured his knee in the first half. All right, uh, to that point, had zero points in the game. Is is this a result of uh, James coming back? Yes. Is, uh, yeah, is, I believe so. Is OJ Howard someone that you need to actively try to get off your roster at this point? I, I'm selling because there's it's the tight end landscape. So you could you could probably sell OJ Howard and get an Ebron or get a Uzma or get you know maybe a Jimmy Graham who's not really doing that great but is doing just enough. Yeah, I'm, or you could trade him for a different position. Yes, and, and, and check this out: six of the top eighteen, one third. In our league, our main league, we're free agents. And this <laughs> yeah. is a 16-team league that Tidy we're talking landscape, about. folks. Yeah, you, O.J. Howard, sell him. Get something out of him. Package him with a wide receiver and get an upgrade at wide receiver or something like that, and then go get, uh, I don't know, Antonio Gates. Like I mean, it's just that bad. It's or horrible. Or you could find the Cameron Braid owner who had zero points, zero points, 12 points whenever half of a game with Jameis Winston – and just under 12 points, you find the Cameron Braid owner and just be like, hey, man, why don't we just switch tight ends? It's the same position on the same team. Mm. Now, before we switch over to some IDP, I want to throw out a little disclaimer. And it is kind of a disclaimer from last season. And it's sad that Nitz got a bail on us because he loves this guy. But Keelan Cole was a guy that started the season 
with two targets, three targets, two targets, something like that, slowly progressed. Here's here's a guy to look at in deeper leagues. Jordan Akins of the Houston Texans is that two to three target guy right now, but I believe that he is going to slowly emerge and become the tight end in that offense. Does it mean that he's a big pickup, a hot pickup? No. He's a guy to keep eyes on for midseason that could have that second-half breakout. Just wanted to throw him out there because Jordan Akins has caught my eye. And this might be the dumbest selling point on him, but I'm going to throw it out there. He was the first guy celebrating all those touchdowns thrown. And what that means, though, what that means, though. Team player. Yeah, but even more importantly than being a good cheerleader. He's a nice fella. No. What it means was he was on the field. Exactly. He he was on the field. Like his, His snap count is climbing. Beautiful point. Yeah, he, he's a rookie, but he's a 26-year-old rookie. Right. Like Jordan Akins, you should have your eye on him because that is a very good offense with very good receivers that will where the defenses have to focus on them and will leave a Jordan Akins opens. Again, you know, it's it call it dumb. Call it but he was the first one celebrating with those receivers, which means he was on the field. Absolutely, and and I like him for that. He he's he's the guy that has caught our eye, at least mine. I'm sure Nitz loved him for a while. But if you're looking for somebody to grab and stash for later in the season, that's the guy this week, in my opinion. Arms, you want to touch on some uh, defensive ends? Burn through this IDP before we wrap it up. Yeah, I mean the studs eight, right? They did. Lawrence uh, Watt three Garrett, sacks. Tack I mean, McKinley three sacks. Yeah, which I mean we said that the Atlanta defensive ends, you know, at least one of them are going to have some opportunities to tee off. Um, I mean, I'm not buying. I Autry finished as number two uh, defensive lineman. Who? Danico Autry. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But he's been out the last two weeks, and that's that's one of those. Hey, remember, it's, you don't really like to play defensive tackles. Um, but, I mean, just look at the landscape. It's kind of like tight end, but worse. You've got a few really, really high-end studs, and the rest of them are just nobody. Speaking of studs, J.J. Watt's back. I told you. I mean, he's back, back. There, he's There's no more questions. J.J. Watt, may, maybe not completely what he used to be because he was Ninety percent of J.J. Watt disruption. is 100% better than almost anybody Absolutely, else. and right now it looks like we've got 90% of the old J.J. Watt back. He's putting up sacks every single week. And Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett's becoming a consistent threat to get to the quarterback. He's a guy. He he's going to finish top five this year. Dare we say it? Cleveland has hit on three consecutive first round draft picks. <gasps> Miles Garrett, uh, Denzel Ward, and Baker Mayfield. I I said it before. Baker Mayfield's not Johnny Manziel. He's got more Drew Brees in him than he's got Johnny Manziel. The kid just goes out to win. And I mean, honestly, if you if you watch the game in the in the fourth quarter, he wasn't rattled. Whenever they were trying to go down and, and you know get that game winning drive, he's just out there throwing darts, hitting yes. people in the hands, and they're dropping it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, th- that that loss to the Raiders not on him. No. But they. I mean, it looks like Miles Garrett looks like the number one draft pick from last year and worth it because he's playing up there with the J.J. Watt level of talent. Yes, he definitely is. He's definitely a guy that you want on your team if you play in IDP leagues. Uh, Jason Paul, Jason Pierre-Paul, also JPP, playing like JPP. He's been pretty solid so far for his new team, Tampa Bay. Aaron Donald, top 10 play as well. Uh, Another guy that you might want to go out and pick up is uh, Mo Hurst. Mo Hurst has two sacks in his first four games as a rookie. 
Nice. He's, he, so he's a guy that if you're not looking good on the defensive line in your IDP leagues, maybe that's a guy to consider. Uh, Raiders. Let's okay. go to linebackers since defensive end left us with just the studs to talk about. You called it. Demario Davis had a huge game. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. He did. Demario Davis went nuts, had some sacks, had a lot of tackles, uh, nine solo, I believe. And he's he's a guy to be considered every week, just like always. Demario Davis arms calls the big week. He does it. Uh, Jadavian Clowney from the just, linebacker. Just walk away from Jadavian Clowney. Walk away. Yeah. You, you, he's a pass rush specialist, more so than even a Mac or Kilo Mac, excuse me, more so than Von Miller. Like Jadavian Clowney is a get to the quarterback guy, and that is why he's on the field. Just just take this with a grain of salt. If you have him, try to sell him. I don't know why you have him though. There was this other guy that finished top three that we've talked about a few times. Uh, Darius Leonard. <laughs> My God. When is he going to put up a dud? He's not. Is, is he Dar- just not? Dar- Darius Leonard is, is solidifying himself as one of the best linebackers in the league right now. He's putting up top running back numbers in yeah. IDP leagues that, that actually give you some scoring. Absolutely. I mean, so far he has, through four games – 38 solo tackles, 16 assists. Like, what What more could you possibly want out of your running back? Or, excuse me, out of your uh, linebacker? Nothing. He's giving everything. He's giving it all on the field. Joe Schobert, also a top five play, as was Anthony Walker That's for that same indie team. What I was getting ready to say, Anthony Walker uh, came on last couple weeks, seventeen or 16 and 17 points consecutively. Uh, you know, Maybe this defense is just getting a little bit better. Maybe it's other teams Maybe. trying to trying to you know milk away the or salt away the lead. But yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm liking what these two linebackers are putting down. I I do as well. And there's another guy that uh, I've not been high on that is starting to produce, and his name's Jared Davis. Gerard. He was also Gerard. He was also a guy that I was uh, had in one of my leagues. I have not started him at all this season, but he had a two sack game in week two. And now he finally has that double-digit tackle game in week four. So, Gerard Davis may be a guy you want to keep your eyes on. He's starting to come on for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, hey, this is why they picked him where they picked him. I mean, I he's going to be fine going forward the rest of the season. He's going to start doing what it looked like he was going to do towards the end of the last season. Real quick, Arms, your thoughts on a couple guys that are free agents in most leagues. Uh, Kyler Fackrell of Green Bay put up a 15-point week. And a guy that you've liked for a while, Jatavis Brown for the Chargers, uh, finished as the 12th overall linebacker this week. Brown's – I mean, look at what he's done so far this season. I mean, it's like nothing, a little bit, a little bit less, and then 13 points. Like, yeah, I'll, pa- I'll pass on Jatavis Brown at this point. Uh, it's Denzel Perryman show. As long as Denzel Perryman's healthy, you know, roll him out. Fackrell um, – He's he's going to get lost in this whenever Orenberg is fully healthy. You've got Blake Martinez who's playing at full strength. He's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Every every team has a guy who flukes up to get ten t- tackles one week. And I mean, for the love of God, Corey Fidegulum or whatever his first name is. Oh, I got some Fidegulum. He had he had a monster week week one. As, and then you nothing. Know, yeah, I mean, he's literally done nothing since. So don't get don't get too excited. I agree with both of those guys, and I think that both of us are going to flip the other way completely on this next guy. My pickup of the week at the linebacker position, is Jerome Baker of the Miami Dolphins, former Ohio State guy that's put up nine and ten tackles in the last two games. Consecutive 12-point weeks. Yep. 
I mean, the mind-blowing thing about what Jerome Baker's doing it or doing down there is the fact that Kiki Cote or Kiki Cote, Kiko Alonso, man, Kiki, Kiko, it's, it's so early. Yeah, it is. Kiko Alonso is still putting up a monstrous year, and yet, yeah. yet you've got Jerome Baker who's doing okay. You know who's not? Raekwon. He's not doing anything. But let me also touch on the fact that uh, Jerome Baker was brought in here to be more of a cover linebacker. He wasn't known for his tackling prowess coming out of college. He has some, he, but he's speedy. He's that sideline to sideline guy that's not a high volume tackle. It's getting the guy that gets to the edge and also covering tight ends down the field. Jerome Baker said he was going to run a four four or less. Yes. In the forty. Of course he didn't. Um ends up in as an outside linebacker in Miami. And you know what? Hey, let him go. I mean, let the kid run if he's if he's getting tackles. Uh, it's crazy. It's, it's just everyone trying to run to the outside. I haven't been watching their games. Is that what's happening? Both outside linebackers are killing it? Pretty much. I mean, they, and the middle is just like, yeah. They're just terrified of Raekwon McMillan. That must so be what it that's is. That's got to be what it is. Must be. But other, other guys that performed for you this week that are no surprise, Zach Cunningham was fine, Nick Vigil. Kiko, Corey Littleton, an arms favorite over the past he- several weeks. I'm, I'm about Whitehead. ready to sell on him, by the way. Are you? I'm, I'm, Mark Barron should be on his way back. I I don't know if it's the right move. to. I, I'm thinking rotation for the Rams because Ramick Wilson also has looked good. So you got Ramick, Littleton, and Barron. I think I'm rotating those guys I, I think the Rams. If, if I've got a full-strength Mark Barron, it's better than what Littleton's doing. And uh, to, to stick in the West, Fred Warner. He's about to have his running mate back as well. He already was. He played last week. Oh, really? Game. Yeah, he played week four, and it hurt Fred Warner. Fred Warner finished with 10 points, which is solid, but it's not what I, Fred I, Warner's been doing. I did miss that. I apologize. Yep, Ruben was in this game, so Warner Warner felt the effects of that. Let's, uh, let's slide on over and finish this thing out with uh, the cornerbacks. Malcolm Butler of name fame, but not fantasy fame, was your top corner slash safety this week. Followed by your boy, Landon Collins. Man, we were just talking about, is is he going to do it? What's we knew go- he was. What's going on? Like, you expect him to finally come around. He'll, he'll probably come around, and my God, he finally does. I mean, he puts up an 18-point week. What more could you possibly want? Uh, to, to Not to shift away from Landon too quick. I got, I got really excited about another player, though, and that was Minka. Oh, yeah, top 10 for Minka. But Rashad Jones was out. We've got to temper our expectations a little I know, but, fantasy-wise. But that gives you a little bit of a, man, look what Minka can do. Oh, yeah. I mean, does, I'm not saying that they're going to push, you know, a, a top three safety out. But you, you, I think Minka's, Minka is earning more playtime. Oh, I agree. I, and he should. He's going to be a stud in this league. Just like Jamal Adams, who also finished in the top five. And there's a name that I've been picking up in every league. Antonio Exum? Not actually. Okay. Trey Boston gotcha. of Arizona, who has put up three out of four double-digit weeks at the safety position there in Arizona. He's he's an easy, cheap pickup, and he's providing results for your IDP team. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, when you've got Buddha out there doing his thing, Buddha, Buddha. I mean, this as bad as the team is, you put the bring those safeties up and run support in the third and fourth quarter in particular. They're going to get some tackles. They're going to be productive. I Anto- mean, Anton Exum though that you brought up big week for him, and that's not his first big week of the con- season. Two either. consecutive, but the thing is, he's uh, playing in replacement of Jaquiski Tart. Right. So the concern is because I believe Tart is the superior talent when Tart comes back. 
um, Exum's just he's droppable at that point, really. He's, he's taking advantage. So if yeah. you if you're a tart owner and he continues to go out for games at a time throughout the season, just grab you some Exum. Yeah, grab right. you some Exum. Other guys that performed for you, Kevin Byard was good. Josh Johnson was good. Derwin James was just fine. But honestly, nobody really let you down because there was a ton of what arms? There's a ton of like eight, nine, ten plus point weeks. The one thing, the, the, my biggest disappointment, and that's just because I've I've got a, a few shares in him. It was uh, Justin Evans just letting me down for down in Tampa Bay? I mean, just what the heck, Justin Evans? What the heck? Yeah, it was sad. Nobody in Tampa Bay, you know, you you think those defensive backs are going to give you big weeks, but truth be known, it's probably hands off. But that's the show, folks. That's week four. It was an exciting one. The NFL has definitely turned into a touchdown league as there's been the past two weeks, I believe, 70-plus touchdowns scored league-wide in the last two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played yet this week. Patrick Mahomes plays tonight. We'll bring you a recap of that tomorrow. I mean, there's been 70 touchdowns, and this guy hasn't even played. Yeah, he's got 68 of them. Yeah, it seems like it. This week already. My gosh. I'm excited. I I have a bad feeling, but... Mahomes is going to throw his first pick of the year tonight, but uh, he's still going to throw some Do you, do you think that's just going to ruin his confidence? Nope. <laughs> I think he's going to be <laughs> I fine. Did, I didn't think so either. Honestly, it's crazy to see. I mean, cause Mahomes obviously has got better arm talent than like the Sonny Cumbies of the world or any, any of the other Texas Tech quarterbacks that came out. But it just makes you wonder what could those guys have done if someone you know helped put an offense in place to uh, suit their their skill set? Absolutely. I don't. I don't know. Anyhow, enjoy football tonight. Hope you enjoyed week four. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll see you guys next time. Barks out. Good night. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.
You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over or under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code ROW, capital R-O-W, to activate the offer. Again, visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code ROW when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid.